0: Welcome to the Chi Alpha Arkansas Tech Podcast. My name is Kevin DeYoung, and I am joined today by Garrett the Sheriff Johnson. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Um yeah, tonight today we're gonna to be reading uh chapter six of the pursuit of God, the speaking voice. If you've already read the chapter, feel free to skip forward to
1: 2409.
0: And uh and we'll begin our discussion at that point. So feel free to skip forward to that time code. Uh Today we're reading Chapter Six: The Speaking Voice. So I'll go ahead and jump right in. in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God John one one An intelligent, plain man, untaught in the truths of Christianity coming up upon uh coming upon this text would likely conclude that John meant to teach that it is the nature of God to speak, to communicate his thoughts to others. And he would be right. A word is a medium by which thoughts are expressed, and the application of term to the eternal Son leads us to believe that uh, leads us to believe that self-expression is inherent in the Godhead. That God is forever seeking to speak Himself out of uh, His creation. The whole Bible supports the idea. God is speaking, not God spoke. But God is speaking. He is, by nature, continuously articulate. He fills the world with his speaking voice. One of the great realities with which we have to deal is the voice of God in his world. The briefest and only satisfying Cosmogony. (laughs) I don't even know it. Cosmogony? I
1: have no idea. (laughs)
0: cosmology, I don't know, is this, Uh, he spake and it was done. The why of natural law is the living voice of God imminent in his creation. And this world of God, which, and this word of God, which brought all worlds into being can be understood to mean the Bible, for it is not a written or printed word at all, but the expression of the will of God spoken into the structure of all things. This word of God is the breath of God filling the world with living potentiality. The the voice of God is the most powerful force in nature, indeed the only force in nature, for all energy is here only because the power-filled word is being spoken. The Bible is the written word of God. And because it is written, it is confined and limited by the necessities of ink and paper and leather. The voice of God, however, is alive and free as the sovereign God is free. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The life is the speaking words, God's God's words in the Bible can have power only because it corresponds with God's Word in the universe. It is the present voice which makes the written Word all-powerful. Otherwise, it would lie locked in slumber within the covers of a book.
1: We take a low and primitive view of things when we conceive of God at the creation coming into physical contact with things. Shaping and fitting and building like a carpenter. The Bible teaches otherwise. By the word of the Lord, where the heavens made were. And all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Through faith... Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go all the way up, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, yeah. I'm dyslexic, and so Kevin was slowly going <laughs> through it, and so I was having a hard time reading it.
0: Yeah, we don't have it memorized. There's a, if you're looking at the YouTube video, there's a computer right off screen.
1: So it says, through faith we understand that the words, that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Again, we must remember that God is referring here not to his written word, but to his speaking voice. His world filling feel, voice is meant that voice which and antedates the Bible by unaccounted
0: uh, okay. yeah.
1: centuries, that voice which has not been silent since the dawn of creation, but is sounding still throughout the full far reaches of the universe. The word of God is quick and powerful. In the beginning he spoke to nothing and it became something. Chaos heard it, and it became order. Darkness heard it, and it became light. And God said it, and it was so. The twin phrases, as cause and effect, occur throughout the Genesis story of creation. The said accounts are the so. The so is the said put into continuous presence that God is here and that he is speaking. These truths are back of all the other Bible truths. Without them, there could be no revelation at all. God did not write a book and send it by messenger to read at a distance by unaided minds. He spoke. He spoke a book and lives in his spoken words, constantly speaking his words and causing the power of the what's that one
0: power them to persist
1: persist across the years god breathed on clay and it became and it became man he speaks on man and they become clay return ye children of men who was the word spoken at the fall by which god decreed the death of every man and no added word he, has he needed to speak this sad uh, procession of mankind across the face of the earth from birth to the grave is the proof that his original word was enough. Scroll down. It says, we have not given sufficient attention to the deep utterance in the book of John. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world shift the per- punctuation around as we, as we will, and the truth is still there. The word of God affects the heart of all men as light and soul in the hearts of all men, and the light shines. The word sounds, and there is no escaping them. Something like this would of necess- necessity be so if God is alive and in his world. And John says that it is so. Even those persons would who have never heard the Bible have still been preached to with sufficient clarity to remove every excuse from their hearts forever, which show the word of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts and their thoughts the mean while either accusing or else excusing one another. For the invisible things of him for the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power of the Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Uh, The universal voice of God was by the ancient Hebrews often called wisdom, and was said to be everywhere, sounding and searching throughout the earth, seeking some responses from the Son of Man. The eighth chapter of the book of Proverbs begins Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? The writer then pi- pictures wisdom as a beautiful woman standing and the top of the high places, by the way, in the places of the paths, she sounds her voice for every quarter, so that no one may pass may miss hearing it. Up to you, O oh men, I call, and my voice is the son of men. Then she pleads for the simple and the foolish to give her give ear to her words. It is it is spiritual response for which the wisdom of God is pleading. A response which she has always sought and is, but rarely able to secure. The tragedy is that our eternal welfare depends upon the hearing, depends on our hearing. And we have trained our ears to not hear.
0: The universal voice has ever sounded, and it has often troubled men even when they did not understand the source of their fears. Could it be that the that this voice, distilling like a living mist upon the hearts of men, has been the undiscovered cause of the troubled conscience and the longing for immorality confessed by millions since the dawn of recorded history? We need not fear to face up to this. The speaking voice is a fact. How men have reacted to it is for any observer to note. When God spoke, it scrolls so fast. Uh, when God spoke out of the heaven to our Lord, self-centered men who heard it explained, um, who heard it explained it by natural causes. They said it thundered. This habit of explaining the voice. Uh, by appeals to natural law, is at the very root of modern science. In the living, breathing cosmos, there is a mysterious something, too wonderful, too awful, for any mind to understand. The believing man does not claim to understand. He falls to his knees and whispers, God. The man of earth kneels also, but not to worship. He kneels to examine, to search, to find the cause and how of and the how of things just now we happen to believe uh, just now we happen to be living in a secular age our thought habits are those of the scientist not those of the worshiper we are more likely to explain than to adore it thundered we exclaim and go our earthly way but still the voice sounds and searches The order of life of the world depends upon that voice, but men are mostly too busy or too stubborn to give attention. uh, Every one of us has had experiences which we have not been able to explain. A sudden sense of loneliness or a feeling of wonder or awe in the face of the universal vastness. Or we have had a fleeting visitation of light, like an illumination from some other sun, giving us in a quick flash an assurance that we are from another world, that our origins are divine. What we, uh, what we saw there, or felt, or heard, may have been uh, contrary to all that we had been taught in the schools, and at wide variance with all our former beliefs and opinions. We were forced to suspend our acquired doubts while for a moment the clouds were rolled back and we saw and heard for ourselves. Explain such things as we will. I think we have not been far uh, I think we have not been fair to the facts until we allow at least the possibility that such experiences may arise from the presence of God and in the world and His persistent effort to communicate with mankind. Let us not dismiss such a, such a hypothesis too flippantly. Let us not dismiss such a hypo- hypothesis too flippantly. It is my own belief and here i shall not feel bad if no others if no one follows me that every good and beautiful thing which man has produced in the world has been the result of his faculty and sin blocked response to the creative voice sounding over the earth the moral philosophers the moral philosophers who dreamed their high dreams of virtue and religious thinkers who speculated god and immortality and poets and artists who created out of common stuff pure and lasting beauty uh how can we explain them it is not enough to say simply it was genius what then is genius could it be that a genius is a man haunted by the speaking voice laboring and striving like one possessed to achieve ends which he only vaguely understands that the great man only uh that that the great man may have missed god in his labors that he may even have spoken or written against God does not destroy the idea I am advancing. God's rede- God redemptive revelation in the Holy Scriptures is necessary to saving faith and peace with God. Faith is a, uh, in a risen Savior is necessary in the vague stirrings toward immortality or to bring, uh, or to bring us to restful and satisfying communion with God. To me, this is the plausible explanation of all that is uh, best out of Christ. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna read that again. To me, this is the plausible explanation of all that is best out of Christ. But you can be a good Christian and not necessary and not accept my thesis. I'll let you continue.
1: Yeah. the voice of god is a friendly voice no one needed no one need fear to listen to it unless he has already made up his mind to reset it resist it the blood of jesus has covered not only the human race but all creation as well we have made peace through the blood of his cross by his by him to reconcile all things unto himself by himself by him I say whether they are things in earth or things in heaven we may safely preach a friendly heaven the heaven as well as the earth are filled with the good will of him that dwelt in the bush the perfect blood of atonement secures this forever whoever will listen will hear him speaking will hear the okay whoever will listen will hear the speaking heaven this is definitely not the hour when men take kindly to the ex- ex- exhortion to listen for listening is not today a part of not a part of a popular religion. We are the opposite end of the pole from there. Religion has accepted the monstra- monst- monstrous monstrous heresy. Monstrous heresy that noise size activity and bluster make a man dear to god but we may take heart to a people caught in a temp, tempest uh-huh. of the largest great conflict god says be still and know that i am god and he will say it and if he means to tell us that our strength and safety lie not in noise, but in silence, it is important that we get still and wait on God. And it is the best, and it is best that we get alone, preferably with our Bible uh, outspread before us. Then, if we will, then, then if we will, we may draw near to God and begin to hear Him speak to us in our hearts. I think for the average person the progression will be something like this first a sound of a presence walking in the garden then a voice more intelligible but still from far from clear then a happy moment when the spirit begins to illuminate the scriptures and that god or sorry Marie to read that Then the happy moment when the Spirit begins to illuminate the Scriptures and that which had been only a sound or at best a voice now becomes the intelligible Word, warm and imminent and clear as the Word of a dear friend. Then will come life and light and best of all ability to see the rest and embrace Jesus as Savior and Lord of all. I believe that much of, what is it? Oh, sorry. Uh, the Bible will never be a living book to us until we are convinced that God is articulate in his in His universe. To jump from a dead, impersonal world to a dogmatic Bible is too much for most people. They may admit that they should accept the Bible as the Word of God, and they may try to think of it as such but they find it impossible to believe that the words they there are on the page are actually for them and a man may say these words addressed to me and yet in his heart not feel and know that they are he is the victim of a divided psychology he tries to think of god as mute as mute everywhere else and vocal only in a book. I believe that God I believe that much of our religious unbelief is due to the wrong conception of a wrong feeling for the scripture of truth. A silent God suddenly began to speak in a book, and when the book was finished, lapsed back into silence again forever. Now we read the book as the record of what God said when He was for a brief time in a speaking mood with, notor- with notions like that in our heads. How can we believe? The facts that, are g- that God is not silent has never been silent. It is the nature of God to speak. The second person of the holy trinity is called the Word. The Bible is in inevitable uh, out okay. The Bible is the inevitable outcome of God's continuous speech. It is infallible declaration of his mind for us to put into familiar words, human words. I think a new world will arise out of the religious mist when we approach the Bible with the idea that it is not only a book with which was once spoken, but a book that is now speaking. The prophets habitually said, Thus saith the Lord. They, they meant their hearers to understand that God's speaking is in the continuous presence. Uh, present we may use the past tense properly to indicate that the that at a certain time a certain word of god was spoken but a word of god once spoken continues or continues to be spoken as a child once began continues to be alive or a world once created continues to exist and those are but imperfect Ill- Illustrations for children die in worlds burnout, and a word of our God endures forever. Is this it right here? I'll just finish it.
0: Okay, yeah, you can just finish it.
1: If you would follow on to know the Lord, come at once upon, come once to the open Bible, expecting it to speak to you. Do not continue with the notion that it is a thing which you may push around at your convenience. It is more than a thing. It is a voice, a word, and the very word of the living God. Lord, teach me to listen. The times are noisy and my ears are weary, and the thousands of... uh, Bro... Bro... Ruckus. Ruckus sounds which continuously assault them. Give me the spirit of the boy Samuel when he when he said to thee, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Let me hear thy speaking in my heart. Let me get used to the sound of the voice that is that it is tones may be familiar when the sounds of the earth die away. And that the only sound will be the music of Thy speaking voice. Amen.
0: Amen. Awesome. Well, do you have any uh, initial sort of response or thoughts? I think for me, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, just a good reminder that uh, that the whole the whole point of the whole chapter. Uh, that God is continually speaking That it wasn't like He spoke and now he's silent But that he's continually speaking Through his word And through his spirit um, I need only to listen uh, So that was Really what stood out to me Which was just basically The entire chapter So
1: Yeah No I would I definitely agree uh, I think uh, While we're reading it You know the parts you were reading And I was sitting And just listening Definitely Just remembering like growing up, I remember being in children's church or in youth group and hearing people read and just thinking like that was where God spoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I got around uh, like a bigger group of believers when they were saying, God's saying this to me, it just seemed very, uh, it was just not, I, taboo's not the right word because I mean, I, I grew up in like a Pentecostal church and so I heard people like speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues. Uh, but I think just, that it wasn't, like, that just seemed like, okay, God's speaking to one person. Yeah. You know, it's the same people, it seems like, every week or every few weeks. And so, uh, but just to hear the common man say, no, like, God's speaking this to me, and I'm supposed to tell you this, or I'm supposed to give you this, uh, was really encouraging to me. So I think through this, uh, I think that I, at times even, uh, just, like, have toned, like, just tuned out the voice mm. of God uh, to hear. And so I think... Um, that, that if I'm being silent and then if I'm not speaking, uh, then God, it's not that God's not speaking, yeah but that I'm limiting God's voice in people's lives. So I think that's something yeah. I took away, like an initial, uh, initial thing for me.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And I really like what you said, um, just to highlight it. You were saying like, uh, that, um, it almost seemed a little suspect, but and at the end, it was really encouraging. But that, like, God would speak to just a, just an average old smojo, mm-hmm. just a normal guy. But it's like, no, yeah, that's who God speaks to. That's who God wants to speak to. Like, God doesn't say like I'll speak I'll speak to Pierce because he's the pastor, but he says like I speak to all of my people. My spirit is available to all. Yeah. So yeah, no doubt, the Lord wants to speak to you. So. Yeah, we're gonna take a short break and then we'll be back and continue the discussion. I think the first thing that came to mind, like the first, uh, the first chapter or paragraph that I want to like just point out, it says. The Bible is the written word of God. And because it is written and confined and limited by the necess- uh, necessities of ink and paper and leather, the voice of God, however, is alive and free, the sovereign, uh, as free as the sovereign God is free. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And that's a quote from the Bible. The life uh, is in the speaking words. God's word in the Bible can have power only because it corresponds with God's word in the universe. It is the present voice which makes the written word all powerful. Otherwise, it would be locked in slumber within the covers of a book. So, the reason I wanted to sort of pull that out and talk about it for just a minute is it almost sounds on the surface like uh, Tozer is going against the authority of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like on the surface, it almost sounds like that. But what Tozer is saying, is really the Bible has authority only because the voice of God carries authority. Mm. Not because the Bible itself is holy. Um, a lot of other religions, their their scriptures, their books are like, they consider them to be so holy. I think even, I'm not a religion scholar, so I could be wrong. But I think Islam, they like it's not holy unless it is in Arabic. Yeah. Um, and... They, they believe if you translate it, it's no longer a holy book. It may be okay for study, but it's not a holy book anymore. We as Christians, we believe that the word of God is holy and that the book is a book and that language is language and God has like, God speaks all languages. Um, and so we believe that whenever you translate the Bible, it does not lose any of its power or its holiness because it's still God's voice um, that gives its power. It's not, the book itself or the language,
1: yeah, I think something is even like as I sit here and just think about my life and uh that even now you know that uh that I may I may have this title of like you know u s missionary kioff or whatever, but yeah. still like just something that I think that I need to repent for is uh that I've just can. Where it says confined and limited by the necessity of ink and paper and leather, mm. uh, that sometimes like I'm the one that like uh, bounds God up into the Bible, and that I'm that sometimes I don't think that God God speaks or that God's words are outside of it, mm. and so yeah. sometimes I think that I just think like man like I, I need to hear from God, so this looks like me sitting down and reading my Bible, which is a good thing uh obviously, uh, but I think that like just thinking how yeah, just thinking how powerful God is, uh and that I'm trying to wrap my mind around, like how powerful he is, and it's super yeah. hard to think that. Like an ink and paper doesn't do him justice, yeah, but like that's the closest thing that we can, or it's not the closest, obviously he speaks through all things, yeah, he speaks through all creation. Uh, but I think just thinking like how i I have this tool to allow me to know more about God, but yet I've like bound down, or I, yeah, I've like bound down
0: like bound God into yeah, the I've
1: Bible. like bound God into the Bible. Uh, and that's where like, sometimes I think of it sort of like in the Old Testament, how, uh, you know, the presence of God was behind the veil, which I think Tozer talks about that too, that, mm-hmm. that the veil was torn. And because it was torn, God's presence was made available everywhere. Uh, and so sometimes I think that the presence of God is hiding behind the veils of like the front cover of the Bible in the back. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, almost like that's like the the temple or the tabernacle or whatever you want to call it where God's presence mm. like resides, yeah. uh, but like that's not true at all. Yeah, uh, that God is speaking and that God's the one that like gives us energy and His voice speaks through that. And so, yeah,
0: no doubt His vo- His His Spirit like like now we are the temples. His Spirit lives in us and He speaks to us. Now His voice will never, um, and you know this, but I'm just going to say it. Uh, his voice will never contradict. Uh, his character and his nature that we discover yes. in the Bible, um, and so like if he speaks something to us and it is not, uh, it does not. What's the word I'm looking for? Like correspond, I guess. Yeah. Like line up with. If it if parallel. it doesn't yeah if it doesn't parallel line up with the voice and character of God that we understand through um, the scriptures through the person of Jesus, um, then we can understand that. It, wasn't God who spoke to us, but God speaks to us throughout the day, even if the yes. Bible isn't necessarily like in the room opened, yes. God still speaks. Yeah. Um, no doubt. Uh, there was another paragraph that was super interesting, I think is a pretty big, uh, conversation piece within the chapter, uh, when God spoke out of heaven to our Lord, uh, self-centered men who heard it, explained it by natural causes, they said it thundered. This habit of explaining... So, he is, he is uh, referring to John 12. I have it pulled up right here. Uh, John 12:27. Now my soul is troubled. This is Jesus speaking. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Uh, then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it uh and will glorify it again. The crowd that uh, was there heard it and said it was thunder that it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him, and so from this little little excerpt from John. God speaks, uh, out of, out of the heavens and some people, they were like, like it was God's voice. Some people said it thundered. Some said that an angel spoke. Um, but John tells us in his gospel that it was in fact, uh, God himself. And so Tozer kind of like draws on that and talks about how we can, uh, sometimes see things in our world and take God um out of the equation. I know that you had some thoughts on this, uh so interested to hear from you.
1: Yeah. Uh so last year in the internship we had to do like an apologetics uh debate and it was me, Dan the man, Andrews <laughs> versus some of those uh some of our brothers at UCA. <laughs> uh, yeah brothers <laughs> bro- brother <laughs> Uh, anyway, so during our debate, uh, we were the Christians, and it was the debate of religion versus science, and so anyways, me and Daniel kind of split up our topics, and uh, so we could kind of go at every angle, uh, what, what may be debated, uh, and really, with that being said, really quick with the debate, we found out uh, that we can debate with people who are blue in the face, but yeah. I've never seen anybody turn to Christ through a debate. Yeah. So I'm not here to say that like, we should just go on campus <laughs> and, go, and go to every science professor yeah. and just debate them and tell yeah, them we're yeah. right, they're wrong. Uh, that's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, anyways, we were learning this just about apologetics and uh, just some of the stuff and kind of seeing where some students may come from. But about it, as I was reading from this doctor, I can't remember his name, uh, an article he had written, like a thesis or something. Uh, But what he was saying was that before man could explain a lot of things, that they would hear thunder, uh, you know, there'd be these, like, big natural signs. They couldn't explain of, like, why leaves grow, why trees do this, or whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, And so they would say that it was God or that it was, like, a God of some sort, you know, like it might have been Apollo or, uh, you know, that Mm -hmm. it thundered. So that's Zeus or it's, you know... Thor, whatever, you know, the ocean, there's a hurricane, so it's Poseidon, uh, and he was saying that that people explained natural causes or natural disasters or the things we can't explain was caused by a God or by our God, uh, the God of Abraham. <laughs> and so anyways, yeah. uh, so was talking about that, but then at some point along the way, man discovered that when lightning struck the ground, mm. that then... That's what caused thunder, yeah, uh, and so at that point, man started to think that, you know, all these causes that we blame on God or uh, or other gods is actually like we can understand it, we can know it. It's just something we've blamed it on. so there may not even be a God or gods, and we'll just you know that's when they started calling it science, and they started coming up with yeah. all of it. and so yeah. uh, so instead of looking, at lightning and thinking, oh, that's what causes thunder. Uh, Instead of looking at that and thinking they knew it, instead I think and I wish that they would have just thought that, like, look how our God is so engineering or he's so, like, creating that through this lightning that instead of saying, oh, it's thunder and this is what we know, instead this is something we can learn from God. Yeah. Uh, And about our God as a creator, yeah,
0: and about about the universe that He's put in front of us. I think we certainly, um, we as ATU Chi Alpha, we certainly don't like push or like ask students to not go to science class or to not invest themselves in scientific studies because it is very helpful. Obviously, there's a lot of medical sciences right now that is like very helpful to the world, and we are grateful for them uh, and. But I think what, yeah, what Tozer's talking about is what you're saying is that rather, in my mind, I see it like this. Like in front of us, we see some canvases that I like painted for uh Chi Alpha a few years ago. Uh, not, I'm, anyway, uh, and so I see it like looking at a canvas and saying, oh, well, that's just canvas stretched over wood with pigment on top of it. Because I can explain that, that means there's no artist But it's like, no, I mean, you can understand things. You can understand how something works. You can understand that thunder is like an electrical discharge from the clouds or whatever it is. I'm not, don't even know exactly how that works. I don't either. But uh, you can understand those things. But, and it helps to like further discoveries like, oh, now we know electricity. (laughs) Like, now we can put our voices on the internet so you can hear us. Um, But, In all of these discoveries and, like, uh, searching and uh, creativity, uh, we miss the creator.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, When you said the clouds create the electrical, you know, discharge, whatever, whatever, uh, you kind of looked at me and so I didn't know if you were wanting me to, like. Yeah, what's the science in that? Uh, I was going to tell you, I did not go to science classes. Uh, at Arkansas Tech. Okay, great. I know Kevin said we support it, but I did not go because I don't. <laughs> Garrett is, like, staunch against science. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I definitely went to environmental science, but yeah. I cannot answer that question.
0: Garrett grew up in a uh, in a Amish community.
1: <laughs> yes, I did.
0: Um, and I'm not going to get into all of it, but there's even, like, really interesting theories uh, with, like... I know there's a lot of Christians even who believe in evolution and that like um, evolution being an instrument of God to create. And I don't see any problem with someone believing that. Uh, I don't honestly have any sort of thoughts on it because I have no idea. (laughs) But all that to say, uh, we're not saying science is bad or that scientists are uh, devil worshipers, but we're saying that, uh, the danger, the danger comes whenever we fall to our own explanations and our own discoveries, and we remove the artist and the creator uh, from his world. So,
1: yeah. Which, even later in that paragraph, Tozer says we are more likely to explain than to adore. Mm. It thundered. We explained, and go our earthly, and go on our earthly way. Uh, But still, his voice sounds and and searches. And so I think just that, and even up at the beginning, he calls us, you know, I think when he's talking about those people in John, he says the self-centered men, uh, that I think that we're more worried about us knowing, like, we're more worried about what caused thunder or... What yeah. was that, like was that an angel? was it this instead of just saying like adoring God and adoring his yeah, voice, yeah, that since the beginning, like God's voices spoke like it said at the beginning of this, in the beginning, you know there was God and the voice, and then John chapter one talks but in the beginning, there was light, the word, you know all that stuff, and so I think yeah. that thank you, yeah, since the beginning we've been we're we've been meant to adore, not to try to like explain or to understand. No doubt. Uh, the depths of God, but just simply to adore.
0: No doubt. Thank you. Yeah, you brought it back to the whole point of the chapter. You brought it back to the voice, um, and He is continually speaking. Yeah, and so it's like looking at a canvas and uh, going into the all the uh, like studying it, uh, but yet missing what the artist is trying to say. Um, like the artist may be one of the one of the canvases is of the Grand Canyon uh in front of me so one of the like the artists may have painted the grand canyon and been like i just want them to see like the vastness of the world that's in front of us and just stand in awe but then if we come as a scientist to look at it we'll be like okay well this was made by canvas wood pigment Uh, the pigment was made this way the the actual image of the grand canyon well the grand canyon was carved by a river that's Interesting and then walk away, but never stand in awe and understand what the creator and the artist was trying to communicate to us. Mm, That's good. So, yeah, he is continually speaking. So, then I guess we sort of come to the response of this. What, how do we, like, what, so God, God speaks, so what? <laughs> <laughs> what I guess what I'm asking is like yeah. what do we what what do we do now? What what is it that we uh like how, how do we hear the voice of God?
1: Uh I think there's several ways that Tozer talks about. I think uh one of the more like remember one of the more memorable ones for me was where he had said that uh just to even just get alone and open up your Bible. Mm. Uh, and just spend time with the Lord, and he'll start speaking to the heart of man. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I think that's obviously a, a good way. You know, sometimes I've heard, I think I heard Carp say it last year, uh, was saying that sometimes people don't, they're like, well, I don't hear God's voice. I don't hear God's voice. And he says, just read the Bible out loud. Uh, yeah, if You can yeah. hear the audible voice of God. And so I think when he said that, it really hit home with me. And so just thinking how, uh, you know, that Tozer says earlier in this chapter that, uh, that we have, uh, trained our ears to not listen. Um, and so just thinking about what that looks like in my life and, uh, that I have, have I trained my ear to not listen to the voice of God? Uh, and so I think that our flesh doesn't want to listen to the voice of God and that our voice doesn't like the our flesh doesn't want to get alone to hear the voice of God, mm-hmm. uh, but instead that we have to, like Paul says in First Corinthians nine, that we have to like beat our body and like beat our mind into submission, mm-hmm. uh, and that yeah, that it may sound like Sunday school, Sammy, to sit down alone and read your Bible, but I think in this time we've had of like the quarantine stuff with COVID and uh even with us going into summer that we could definitely make time to hear the voice of god
0: no doubt no doubt yeah um i think what comes to mind for me uh i pulled up another another verse of the bible it's in first kings 19 it's a pretty popular story so you're probably familiar with it but so we have elijah and uh he is like in a cave uh, in a mountain, and uh, and he's waiting uh, for the voice of God. Uh, the Lord said, Go out, stand by the mountain in mm-hmm. the presence of the Lord, uh, for the Lord is about to pass by. There was a great wind that tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, uh, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the winds there was an earthquake, and the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, But the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then the voice said to him, "Uh, What are you doing here, Elijah? It just came to my mind, just because obviously God doesn't always speak in a gentle whisper. We just read a story from John where God spoke as thunder, and people thought it was thunder. Yeah. (laughs) So this isn't like, this isn't, just dogmatically saying God always speaks in a gentle whisper. But um, I think it is important. Like we have all of these distractions around us. We have, Mm. um, I know for me, YouTube can be a great distraction. Um, I like to watch It's Alive from uh, the test kitchen where this guy ferments stuff. Mm. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Anyway, don't get distracted by it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. It's easy to get distracted by all these things. Um, like, we have so much laundry to do at the house. We have all these, like, t- chores, yeah. to-do lists, uh, all these things. We're like, oh, but I can I can get to that, uh, get to, like, my quiet time, get to the Bible. I can get to that later after I get all these other things done. And then when we get all these other things done, there's still more to do. And there's all these distractions. Uh, but yet, if we make a priority and we just come uh, and listen, like... God is speaking. And I think that's what Tozer's trying to say as well. And I think a lot of times too, whenever I am coming to God and wanting to listen, I feel like it's about to be a lot of work. And -hmm. I think that's why after I do all my to-do lists too, I'm like, oh, well, now I just want to veg and not think. Uh, think, Because I think in my mind there's something that's in my mind that says, Oh, you're going to read the Bible or you're going to like ask God to speak. That means buckle it, buckle up. It's about to be a lecture. It's Mm -hmm. about to be like a science lecture that Garrett never went to. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, (laughs) Dr. Barron. But, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think God necessarily speaks. He doesn't speak beyond our comprehension. Um, And so, The reason, like, it's work to listen to a lecture, the reason why it's work to try and, like, uh, read Tozer sometimes uh, is because they're speaking beyond our comprehension. Uh, You probably saw us stumble with a lot of words throughout the chapter if you listen to it. Um, It's because I have a low reading level. Yes, Uh, same. But yet, whenever we come to Jesus, he... He doesn't speak beyond our reading level. He doesn't speak beyond our comprehension. Um, there's many stories of Jesus saying, "Let the children come to me," because even the children, like they find revelation whenever they come to Jesus. Um,
1: yeah, and it's even like where Jesus preaches to the you know the uh, three, four, or five thousand, whatever. Which one ever? Like I think it may be the the five thousand, whatever, after John the Baptist had been beheaded. Uh, but you know, he took the small boys lunch, mm-hmm. you know, he'd been preaching to the crowd all day. And then he told the disciples like, feed, like feed them. And they're like, well, what the heck? Like, what are we going to feed them with? Like, it would yeah. be like a lot, like we'd work for months and months and months yeah. to feed all these people. But then he says, he divides up a small boys lunch. And so Jesus would have been teaching all day and it would have been enough to where like, uh, like a small boy, or a child could have understood what he was saying uh, and could have understood like the depths of the kingdom of God as equally as a grown adult. And so, yeah. Yeah. And even just thinking that like back to the adoration uh, that I'm asking myself, like while you were speaking, I was asking, asking the Lord and I was trying to just self reflect, like, do I look at it as like a chore, like on my to-do list or, Do I look at it at a time just to adore God? Mm -hmm. That I think sometimes, like, I'll sit down and read, and I may not get this, like, aha revelation moment that I can, like, take to D group or take to staff meeting and share, like, the depths of God uh, and explain something that I just figured out. uh, That maybe I I think for me, I look at that time as, well, crap. Like, I walk away thinking I didn't get anything, like, great Mm -hmm. out of it, uh, that my expectation going into it is to just be drowned in some new revelation of God when uh, I feel like the times that I've just adored God uh, and I go into it just with adoration of how, how vast God is and how loving He is, that those seem like the times where God speaks like the loudest to me and it's when I'm just looking to adore Him. No doubt, man. And we are children of God and He's wanting to speak to me. Yes. To Kevin to my beautiful wife, Sydney, mm. to Kevin's beautiful wife, Holly, mm-hmm, yeah. to his sweet baby, Olivia. Amen. Amen.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so go and uh, interact with the voice of God, the ever speaking voice. It has not ceased to speak. Um, the, whenever Tozer talks about the continuous present, I think he's talking about like a verb form, basically mm-hmm. saying that like the uh, whenever they say it was so, means that it is continuously so, like it is continuously yes. there. So God is continuously speaking, um, and he wants to speak to you. He enjoys spending time with you. So, uh, yeah, let's all... Spend time with Jesus. Spend time with our Father.
1: Yeah. Amen. Amen. Can I pray that over us? Yes, please do. Yeah. God, help us to hear your voice. God, help us to, to want to be to be near you and to adore you. God, I pray that uh, you would just speak, continue to speak through, through Tozer to us, uh, whether you call us to go back and read it in a year, uh, in a week, or whatever it is, Lord, let us never... Uh, go a day without acknowledging your voice and everything Lord through scripture and just through just through physical like your physical creation Lord. let us look at other people and know that that you're speaking. Uh, so God help us to let this be such a deep truth in our lives Lord. yeah we love you amen.